Hello, and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer, one movie at a time. My name is Sarah. My name is Aaron. My name is Joel. This week is Cherry 2000 from 1987, directed by Steve DeJarnet. Jarnet? Jarnet? Steve DeJarnet. I'm just going to keep saying it till it makes sense. <laughs> Written by Lloyd Fonviel. These, are these guys French? Michael Almerade-Rada. Anyway, this is like the most boring part. Uh, starring Melanie Griffith, David Andrews, Pamela Gidley, and uh, let's see, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of people. Harry Carey Jr., Lawrence Fishburne. Yep, nice cameo by him. Cameo by Brian James, Ben Johnson, and uh, Tim Thomerson as the uh, main baddie, and uh, Robert Zadar, the guy with the big old chin. You know what? Um, I don't like that. What the guy with the chin? I mean, I don't like that that was a idea in movies. Here, here's a picture of him in Maniac Cop completely in shadow. Oh, that's why you kept mentioning Maniac Cop when you yeah. saw him. Okay. Yeah, because he's the Maniac Cop. I mean, Bruce Campbell was also in that movie. I know so he, he was. Like, fight it out. I feel like there was a movie. Maybe I'm thinking of Total Recall or something, but there was like movies with like fake faces on people. Fake faces, eh? Like. Like rubber. I think you're thinking of Mission Impossible. Probably not. I mean, there's been many movies where people have fake faces, on, you know, like a mask, right? There's that one of uh, Charlie's Angels where somebody's pretending to be Ice Cube, or no, <laughs> no, it's not Ice Cube. It's uh. It's I like this version. LL Cool J. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about <laughs> Cherry 2000, which was picked for us by the randomizer. And uh, but Aaron's uh, familiar with this movie; he'd already seen it. I've seen this before, yep. and I saw that uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff, Jeff, our friend Jeff, mm -hmm. said that this is one of his favorite movies. That he loves this movie, and then he said, "Love might not be strong enough a word." Uh, yeah. Um, Jeff might be a proponent as. I mean, excuse me. Jeff is probably the proponent as to why I've seen this movie. I see. I think he mentioned it to me uh, probably about the same amount of fervent uh, vernacular as that statement you just made. Well, there's a lot to love in this movie. I don't blame him. I mean, yeah, there's a lot but going it's, on. It's a weird, weird movie, <laughs> weird concept. Uh, gonna say you're right. You're totally right. It's a weird movie. It's a movie about the future, and there's a lonely man who... He's not lonely. ...really needs to find a sex robot. <laughs> <laughs> He's lonely after the sex robot uh, doesn't work anymore. We definitely get a look into his uh, picturesque life. 
coming back from the office uh, to a home-cooked meal. Yeah, she made his favorite, yeah. which apparently was a Burger really cheap-looking cheap hamburger and, and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> now, I have to say, and, and Sarah, I'm sure you were thinking this at the same point or at some point, the new Blade Runner Spoiler. is is if you've seen the new Blade Runner and you see this movie, you might be like, "Hey, wait a minute!" Because there's some similar plot lines in that. Like, except for this, this movie is the plot that, like, if that part of the movie was the plot, line. the main plot, line. <laughs> yeah. and it was like, you know, crasser. <laughs> <laughs> than it is yeah. in that a new movie. You question about what is real and what's not. You know, if I have love for this oven toaster and uh, I think it loves me, is that not love? You know? It made me an open-faced sandwich, Aaron. It, some deep questions, Joel. Mm -hmm. these, these are the deep ones. I don't want to offend anybody, but... Oh, it's too late. It feels like in this movie, they really make it hard to have sympathy for this guy. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> they make it about, real hard. Talk about Ryan Gosling, Lars and the Real Girl. Yeah, Lars and go. the Real Girl, you're like, I feel kind of an empathy for... In a weird way, you don't expect to, but in the movie, you're like, wow, this is really about feeling and about other stuff. And in this one, no. No, it's about um, a guy who really likes a robot who only says, like, 15 different things. Yeah. <laughs> a robot that seems to pretend to, like, learn for him, but, like, doesn't have any depth past that. It's like the person who made this movie couldn't imagine, like, a computer database or the internet or something like that. Like, what do these five objects have in common? Like, oh, who invented that? How about dessert? Yeah, see. What if every time I, like, Googled something that I didn't know the answer to, and it didn't know, and it was just like, here's places you can order dessert. <laughs> <laughs> that might actually be a stress relief for some people. <laughs> Good distraction area, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so our whole story gets set in motion because this guy is motion. just too... He's passionately making out with this robot in a kitchen that is slowly being filled with bubbles, like in like Freaky Friday or something. Is that the movie where the so. washing machine goes over? I think so. <laughs> there's a weird thing happening in the kitchen where there's just more water and soap everywhere. And she shorts out. Apparently, they didn't think about that ahead of time that she couldn't be in water. Yeah, like he's never run into this issue before. The only apparent flaw apparently in the Cherry 2000 model <laughs> is its uh, lack of waterproofness. I mean, it's a sex machine. Which you would think you'd really want to make that thing waterproof. Yes, to say the least. Like, there's a part where they the robot pours like, or maybe the guy pours glasses of, of alcohol for both right. of them. And the you know he drinks it and she brings it up to her towards her mouth and then puts it back down again. So it's obvious like I can't have any liquids. Programmed, inside of me. programmed not to eat anything, not to drink anything. Yet. Right. So it's yeah he didn't read the full manual, I guess I don't know, or he was he was just so caught up. It was just love. 
Okay, love on the battlefield. And by the battlefield, I mean his ugly house. Yeah, I gotta say, the architecture of the future, not too promising in this, in this, in this future. Though I gotta say, the little blue dome houses you see later on were kind of cool. Little bungalow kind of things. Yeah, those are fine. Was, but like from the the outside shot of his house, it was oh. like all those things in the background look like some architect was just like, I'm going crazy. Yeah. Not entirely sure what got the world to the point where it was at. We we, we briefly learned later that Las Vegas is like was taken by the desert. Yeah. Essentially. But there's still advancements going on? Question mark? <laughs> I don't know. Civilization still existed? Maybe. What are you looking at me for? Is a spider on me? No. What? It's just making signals. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's sending you signals, dude. Why are you sending me signals? What'd I do? Well, he was just saying that Las Vegas had like a desert. The desert yeah. came in on it. Yes. But there was like still technology out yeah, there. It feel, right. I felt like there were still some, some advance, advancements going on. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow. And they had inventory of some stuff you might not be able to find other places, it seemed like. Yeah. That, that was a pretty big... Well, and I guess he works in at some some type of recycling facility Oh, yeah, well. that That's was right. kind of weird. Right? Well, it's it's the dirty year of 2017, and the part of the Earth has always been, been ruined. So, yeah, there's emphasis on recycling. Like, recycling is now its own... Industry. industry, industry, yeah, exactly. He works there with with two guys that know. Like he heard, they heard about. Like he must be talking to everybody about it. How his robot is ruined. Yeah, because they're like, hey man, you just need to go to this club with us and get a real woman. Like, creep jobs. I recognize one of those guys, and I I can't place where I've seen his face. I've seen it a bunch of times too. He's just one of those that guys. I got a lot of callbacks to other movies in, like, the first 10 or 15 minutes of this. Yeah? Yeah, I thought a little bit about Blade Runner, the old one. And that's, I mean, her look, I think, is pretty Daryl Hannah-ish from the original Blade Runner when she has the eye makeup across. Um, And then... Who are you talking about? Are you talking about E... Whatever her last name, E. Johnson? Or are you talking about the robot itself? Oh, I was talking about Melanie Griffith. Okay, yeah, E. Johnson. Yeah, I forgot that was her name. Mm-hmm. I thought she was Cherry. No. <laughs> I'm just robot. kidding. It's confu- It's counterintuitive. She has red hair. Yeah. yeah. And the name of the Let's movie is here. called Cherry 2000. And she's the one on the cover. Right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the Cherry 2000 is actually the robot that he's trying to replace. Mm-hmm. Who is actually a blonde. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just a brand. Okay, Joel, you're right. Okay, mm-hmm. it's not just a cherry. It's a cherry two thousand. It's a two thousand <laughs> model, which apparently you couldn't get wet. Uh, I, I'd like to point out though that uh, super advanced information gathering technology is behind this uh, cherry two thousand. I believe you you pop open behind the ear, and you can pull out an entire compact disc the size of a quarter. Yeah, yep. it's amazing technology <laughs> to see a disc that small. <laughs> That's the same joke they make in Men in Black, right? <laughs> it's oh, like, yeah. yeah. Pretty soon it's going to be replacing the CD. I'm going to have to buy the White Album again. <laughs> yeah. I actually like that scene a lot when he, when he takes his. I takes like how Joel has that yeah. memorized. Oh, oh, man. I've seen Men in Black like 20 times. I know. I gotta, but 
but the, <laughs> but you said it so like nonchalant. Like, yeah, it's just like, off the top. Like, like when you're driving, when you're driving by yourself, you're just like gonna you know, have to buy the white emoting, album again. Emoting, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> yep. men in black. Yep, that's great. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some other line. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll choose for next. No, no, I, I already got to pick. I haven't uh, seen Men in Black three, by the way. FYI, I haven't seen. I've seen part of two. I haven't seen two or three. I've seen basically. two in its entirety. I've oh. not seen three. Mm. And it also has Jermaine Clement in it. Mm. He plays K? Some type of biker alien. Oh, cool. That's all the information I have. I like the repair place that he takes Cherry to <laughs> in the beginning of the movie to go that back is- to that. Because that creep job is like doing it there, but like just opens it. <laughs> Opens her up. He's like, "Looks like she got. She's still full of water, you know. And like, she's got like electronic guts that he's looking at. It's like, yeah, this this entire Token thing is ruined." And he's, you know, he's like, "I know how you feel. You're a romantic like me. Uh, let me show you our other models." And he's like, literally got like a show floor with all, you know, he's got some creepy teenage one and one that's only good for taxis and cooking and stuff like that. And he's like, "Here's the one you want." You know, he's only got eyes for cherry. It's it's gross and pervy when he's like, yeah, I'll find you a new sex robot. Here's what we got. He saw a money-making opportunity. And then he goes back and stands by the carcass of the other robot, and he's just looking, like, all depressed. And it's like, seriously? He's depressed, yeah. It may as well have been, like, a flash card or something i don't know i feel like i feel like you know you get used to things by habit i guess but it doesn't seem like he has real feelings for this like it's like he's completely just disillusioned by life like yeah. he's so used to this 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 and this robot you know nothing else nothing else can compare to his tamagotchi or whatever you know yeah <laughs> Well, it's like this, he's yeah. got this, like, servant, essentially, that also, you know, he can talk with, like, emote with and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. It's like his version of a perfect woman, because they probably never argue or anything like that, you know, sex whenever he wants. You know, as long as they do it after the dishes are done, so the soapy water doesn't get all over the floor, which is his favorite place to make love, apparently. I'm not sure. I think maybe <laughs> somebody... Was behind this and put too much soap in the machine oh, before inside he got job. home. Oh, yeah, that guy, the repair guy, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't uh, thought of that. I mean, another thing is though. Later, when they go to, the, he goes with his friends to the club. You see how complicated modern relationships are. Like people hooking up at this club have to have a lawyer present. Like that's Larry Fishburne's cameo. He plays a lawyer. Uh, who looks like he's hacking into the Matrix right there, which is cool. He had a really cool look going on. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, blah, 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 uh, coitus, blah, 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 and all this face stuff. Or, <laughs> he oral. says something about oral. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the woman's like, wait a minute, I didn't agree to this. They're like drawing up contracts. Yep. He's like, don't worry, we can work it out in the bedroom. Yeah, work it out in the bedroom by yourself. Yep. And he probably will. Yeah, that scene hurt me a little bit. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, it was just like, like I could almost at that point be like, I could see why he was just going for the robot. Oh. Like, you know, just it's <laughs> yeah. Like culture's gotten to this point where where you have to have all this like intricate, you know, 
contractual uh, things going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, there's no such thing as a meet cute anymore. You can't just. That's true. Meet somebody and like, you know, hey, can this, I have your number? You know, in this day and age. Yep. I mean, what was that thing she was playing for him? Was that like a sex tape of her with somebody else? Yeah, I, I think what, 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 yeah. She was showing her performance, I believe. Which is kind of, you know, like she just kind of takes her card, puts it into the thing. This is a preview of what, yeah. Oh, and he doesn't have his card. Oh, that's Because it expired because he spent so much time with his. Right. Yes. And she is mad about that. Like, you're wasting my time. Yeah. I mean, I get. I kind of understand where she's coming from, though, if you think about it. Like, you've just shown, like, your top performance. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then, also, you know, like this is me like at my best. You're at the bar here. Yeah. This is what this yeah. is for. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I'd be pretty pissed too. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that weird picture they threw up <laughs> on the wall of like some guy jumping on top of some girl. Oh, it was like the that was add the ambiance. This is different things happening at the club, you know. Yeah. <laughs> different ideas. <laughs> that could that contract went through no problem. <laughs> that was really silly, actually. I mean, I didn't, I didn't take any of that seriously, and I didn't honestly take the. I mean, the robot making out in the soap that was a that was not a very serious moment either. No. <laughs> oh man. I mean, you got to assume some some of this is supposed to be comedic on purpose, but I don't know which parts necessarily, because I do think that their intention was like all the, the quipping, because they, they were, you know, once he gets into the desert with the, uh, what is she called? She's not a bounty hunter. She's. Hey, I got to say, you know, this guy, tracker. this guy travels fast. I mean, yep. Anaheim, right? Yeah. Anaheim to potentially near Vegas. I mean, that's, you know, that's like five or six hours. Oh, okay. That's true. Yeah. I forget that it's not that far away. A lot of stuff happened, though, to the planet. Right. And he didn't even go too big. Between now and then. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. He went to, he went to the, uh, well, good thing I wrote this down. What was the name of the place that? He went to go find a a searcher or what did you say it was? A tracker. A tracker. The glory hole. The glory hole. Thank you. He heard that there might be a tracker who can find him a replacement Cherry 2000 in a place called a glory hole. Is that a joke? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Confirmed. Snopes confirmed. (laughs) He goes into the hotel. There's a naked cowboy and there's a cat inside a water bottle for some reason. That cowboy certainly didn't have pants on. Nope. He was there. He knew what he was there for. He was in a vehicle driving there that only had three wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes it sound like he had to balance the car, so. <laughs> like, it was supposed to have four wheels. No, it, was it was a, a triangular tri- car. Yeah, okay. Like a trike or whatever. Yeah. I've seen I've seen people driving cars like that. It's futuristic, Joel. Oh, okay. The future remember, is lame. Remember the he, future he, is lame. Remember he has a lame, a lame-looking house. And a three-wheeled car. <laughs> He's like a yuppie, right? He's like I, supposed to be. Well, yeah, you would think you'd think that this guy just is kind of incapable of of trying to get to this this warehouse. Yeah, and 
I don't want to say anymore. Let's just keep going. <laughs> no, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you make certain assumptions about him, but I mean, even like when he gets to glory the to the gets, glory hole, when he gets to this glory hole, this location called glory hole, he like gets out of his car and he's still. I think he's still wearing his like suit and tie and stuff like yeah. that. But he's wearing like a bandolier with shotgun shells, and he has a shotgun, so yeah. it's like he's ready for trouble. Oh yeah, which is interesting. You know, he knows what he's getting into. Yeah. But he goes, you know, gets his room, and then he goes straight to the the tracker, the E. Johnson's place, which is right there in the middle of the night. Which, yeah, why didn't he wait till morning? I don't. He's know. Looking for trouble, if you ask yep. me. And when he gets in there, he doesn't find a big tough tracker. He finds a big tough woman, who's also a tracker. Yep. I mean, I guess he assumed because she was a woman. Yeah, there was definitely that sexist moment where he just was like, well, I'm out of here. Yep. <laughs> but then she, like, lassos him to yep. the chair. That's how you show. That's how you show. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, never mind, yeah. you're a girl. Yeah, that was- <laughs> And she was like, I'm really the best option you've got. <laughs> and she was kind of just saying she wanted the money. Yeah. Which, like, if I were her, I'd probably... I don't know if I would be. I, I, it doesn't seem like a fun time to. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> doesn't seem like the opportunities were very abundant around her right then. But yeah, she seemed to be willing to forego the sexism and his uh, need for the sex robot that was almost blinding. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That uh, she was willing to take the money and risk her life again to help him. Maybe she just intended to go out and visit her Uncle Jack out in the desert, and this guy happened to show up at, at, at that time or something like that. $500, 200 now, 300 when we get the thing done. And uh, yeah, I don't see why she couldn't have gone by herself. I mean, I guess he did a lot of stuff when they actually get to it, but... He almost died, like, ten times. Yeah. Everything... Everything was happening to them on their way. (laughs) Not a dull moment, really. I mean, (laughs) kind of in the beginning, after they get in the car and they're driving for a little bit, you know, he's taking a nap or whatever. Yeah. She needs to take a nap, you know, after that. It's kind of a bit of a dull moment, you know? But, you know, to, to fill these moments, of course... He brings along his handy dandy little recorder thing, oh, so he yes. can hear Cherry's voice mm-hmm. as she doesn't really say anything. But, but still, it's you only know, he her, her side of the conversation too. Yeah. It's not like it's a recording. It's that's true. Like he's, he's listening to a playback of like things she would say to him during sex, right? And yeah. it's like that's great, dude. <laughs> not cool. Hey, it's love. I think this girl is t- very tolerant of his behavior. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. She's like, yeah, this is normal. Yeah. But then the town that she inhabited. That's true. Didn't look very promising. Didn't look very promising for any potential mates, I'm going to say. That's a weird. That's a weird town. Like, it's it's like the Old West, right? Literally. Yeah. Like, he goes in a saloon door. Somebody's playing the old-timey piano. They're all playing cards and, you know, bandits and stuff like that. The old lady running the hotel was very 
stereotypical. I think she had like an opium pipe or something. I'm not sure. It was just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Is that what they're going for? Yep. Cowboys in their underwear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. My yeah, friend's deaf. Me. Yep. Get a cameo from Brian James, who's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. Blade, speaking of Blade Runner, Brian James. Yeah. Speaking of Fifth Element, Brian James. Oh, yeah, he is in Fifth Element, isn't he? Speaking of... Uh, that guy's cool. What's that movie you guys are always talking about with Dennis Quaid, where he's with an alien? Enemy Mine, Brian James. Man, Enemy Mine's a great movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. You haven't picked it. I know, I know, I know. Yep. It'll happen, Joel. Not my fault. We happen to be on a science fiction and fantasy podcast. The movie this It'll week happen. is... What? <laughs> Legend of bl- what was that movie? The Legend of something. The Legend something. of Billie Jean. Yeah, I feel like Melanie Griffith's look in this was a combination of like Daryl Hannah and Billie Jean. From that movie, is that what that lady's name is? That's what her character's okay. name is. Yeah, but her hair was dyed like Cindy Lauper's, and it was like cropped shorter. Was it like that when she first? Was there, or yeah. did she, like, dye it after he he was like, okay, you're hired after all? Uh, her hair was like that the entire time, Joel. Okay. I guess I didn't notice, because it was darker. We did. Well. Well, she, I mean. she got a cool car. Yeah. That Mustang is pretty rad. It's pretty Like, cool. raised up with the cool, you know, off-road tires. Tires, yeah. Yeah. I like it. Uh, likewise. So yeah, uh, <laughs> so after he after he pervs out on his uh, robot's voice or whatever, like he he then kind of like sneaks off and uh uh I guess he hears a noise coming from like what appears to be some type of uh ravine, I don't know, deep. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it looks like somebody been digging a very deep. Uh, I'm assuming. They- I'm assuming it was some sort of quarry, perhaps. Yeah. Before uh, the bad times. That's right. He takes a tire to the back and falls down the hill. Yep. And that's the end of the movie. Yep. Movie's over, guys. <laughs> she decided to kill him and take his money. I guess. Probably what she should have done <laughs> to begin with, but yeah, still. <laughs> that's true. That's true. There were a lot of bouncing wheels in this movie. Yeah. The the tire that she just threw, and it was like rolling down the hill and bouncing, and then... Later on, there were some other wheels that were, like, bouncing off the ground. Mm -hmm. I think that the landscape gave them more freedom to play with just whatever, like in Mad Max or something. Yeah. 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 Speaking of having freedom of, I mean, later when we get to that part, uh, there's, like, destruction of, like, it looks like natural formations of rock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to do some research on that. <laughs> it, <laughs> I hope it wasn't like sacred native bear, uh, you know. I mean, even if it isn't, like. It was still. something that looked really cool kind in of, nature. Yeah, kind of gross. <laughs> like, do that just they for just, the name of a movie. They were like, you know what? We could totally tear this thing mm-hmm. down. Yeah, I bought this land. I can blow it up if I want to. Like. Yeah, yeah, that part I was a little bit shocked by. Oh, me too, me too. Like, wait a minute, did they really just do that to that cool-looking thing? I was entertained by the explosions at first, yeah. 
Man, my notes jump a lot. Like, yeah, okay, there was that Mad Max part where everyone's shooting him. There was a guy with a flamethrower. That's cool. Oh yeah, they had the to make flames. They had to make it through the pass. Yes, but that was the part you were talking about. Was after that? Yeah, was, I so. yeah. They they're observing somebody. It turns out there's a guy named Lester that rules the land. Here. Sector Seven mm-hmm. is what he rules. And they're, they've got some guy that they're punishing, and they throw him into the bed, like into some sort of van, and then they just push that van off the edge right of this quarry. The, yep. And when it hits the the ground or whatever, it it folds like a cardboard box. That it's was so funny. Kind of cool looking. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like the car. Like at first, it fell and it kind of broke, and then it fell down again, and it was like it was just flat, flat as a pancake. <laughs> I get a feeling like there was probably supposed to be some type of satisfying explosion as it hit the bottom, but didn't go off. And yeah. they were like, that's it. That's what you get. <laughs> I'm kind of glad. I mean, it's, I think that's more realistic. Oh, yeah. Far, yeah, far more Just realistic. Gravity. It's funny because I've been watching these monster truck rallies and like demolition derby videos online with my nephew. And I used to go to that kind of stuff with my dad when oh, I was very a cool. kid. And there's, like, always, like, a cage and, like, a way for them to kind of roll even though the car is gets wrecked up. Like, there's, like, people standing there with a fire extinguisher. Oh, yeah. And, like, when oh, I yeah. saw that car go over, I was like, wow, there's no reinforcement in that car. <laughs> it just went flat. <laughs> it was the desired effect, I guess. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever seen a car fly off a hill and then just collapse yeah. like like someone just pricked the side of a balloon and it just deflated. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I was thinking of the the truck going off the cliff in ground in Groundhog Day. Oh. And like that lands flat, but it doesn't like flatten the same no, way no, this one does. No. And of course it does explode eventually, but at first it's just bam, lands, you know, on the cab. Yeah. But these uh these desert guys run by Lester here they they're they're troublemakers so our uh, our two pals Melanie Griffith and uh, the the other guy's character's name is Sam uh, Treadwell he you know they they they're still making their way through things uh, they they stop to sleep that's that's actually before this part that's where they're hearing the weird sex part. <laughs> Like, Melanie Griffith is trying to sleep in the car, and she can overhear it being like, oh, kiss me there. Wow, that's great. No, use your hand. Like, the the robot is not making sex sounds, but that's obviously what's supposed to be going on. I don't... I don't know. I, I just didn't understand why you didn't bring, like, a pair of headphones if you really wanted it. <laughs> If you, no, if you really wanted to listen future. to that, you know. <laughs> I mean. The year is 2017. <laughs> I mean, All headphones have been declared illegal. If, if you're going to perv out on your dead robot's uh, voice, might as well bring your headphones or something, right, guys? I feel like this is a situation. Like, <laughs> we, are, we have Bluetooth. Like, if you had some sort of robot, you could just have a Bluetooth headpiece all the time. No one else what? would have to hear and what's maybe- going on. Uh, yeah, maybe it's also just showing that this guy just is so out there, like he just doesn't care. He's obsessed. That people can hear his robot's voice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, life it seems like it's kind of miserable. Oh yeah. Anyways, oh, outside yeah. of the house, you're talking about like yeah, his work is just a line of people with like recycling things, and he's you know he's talking about how he has to organize stuff later. 
It, yeah, that club scene. It's miserable. Like, oh man, I would be miserable. I was so sad. Like, <laughs> it was rough, rough, rough going. They don't even dance. Yeah, there was no dance in there. It seems like at some point they uh, start to feel an attraction to each other. Maybe he's starting to see that there there might be other things out there. You know. There's some sort of living, breathing woman in front of him. It's strange. Mm-hmm. He's never really thought about that before. But I He's guess... never thought about live women in that way. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, skipping forward, later when he, he finally decides he's going to make a move on her, he does what I assume he always did to the robot when he wanted to make his move, which was just go straight for, you know, the boobs. Um... And I mean, in this case, it works. But I'm I'm just putting this out there. Like that's not that's not how it works. It's not. Yeah, that's a real roll of the dice. And the majority <laughs> of the time, you're going to be considered uh, assaulting someone. Yeah, yeah. you're going to be considered a sex criminal. Yeah. So, I mean, I think she happened to be in it into the. Yeah, she was, I mean, she was into it at that point. She she'd also been uh, brainwashed or whatever. Yeah, no, it was that's not a real good idea <laughs> for your first move with somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay, so she keeps. Like he's he keeps being surprised by things she's doing with the car, like paths she's taking, and they they have to take like an alternate route because uh, Lester's army is running around or something like that. And there's a part where they they come across like a huge wall, right? And there's like construction equipment, and they're they're checking it out, and, and they try to drive by, but. Eventually, they, somebody uses this crane with a magnet attached to pick the car up. And guess what? That was all part of her plan the whole time. The whole time. So, she's made this trip a bunch of times. Does she get the magnet to do that every time? I'm getting like a feeling like that was, a, that was part of her plan. Or, or somehow this works every time. <laughs> she's uh, killed a lot of the guys piloting well, that. I don't know. <laughs> that crane. Yeah. I, Honestly, the the part I was most impressed with was is how many missiles could bounce off of her Mustang. Oh yeah, or just kind of dissolve off of it. Not it reinforced. Yeah, super reinforced Mustang. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not exactly that good with the. Uh, it, it almost looks like they're launching gas grenades. At yeah, them, as opposed to her and uh, Sam, there are launching uh, rocket propelled grenades because we we see two guys run into a shed. <laughs> then a shot of them firing one of their rocket-propelled grenades, and then the shed blows up spectacularly. <laughs> and it's not—I don't know. There was something special about that because it wasn't just—I'm used to seeing explosions sure. and like you know, boom, like it does. This thing was like a miniature nuke. <laughs> and you know, I feel like that's what they were doing with that other thing too. It yeah. felt like it felt like footage from like nukes or yeah. something. Like it's the same scene. Like they yeah. had some kind of special bomb that they were setting off. Like we didn't know the explosion was going to be that big. We thought it was just going to be a little thing, but actually no, we've destroyed this piece of the national park that we're filming in or where whatever. 
It's, uh, yeah. 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 I wondered if that was her plan all along or if she just said that was her plan all along. Maybe she's never actually done that before. And was just kind of trying to play it off like, this is a tracker secret, you know? That's a great way to get across the river, she said. I think maybe she was just trying to roll with it. Yeah. Because that's how she is. She's like, whatever happens, I can handle it. I'll roll with it, whatever. But it is seriously like risking their life the whole time. Mm -hmm. They're dangling from one of those magnets. Um, The whole car is dangling and then they're (laughs) hanging off. They're firing their guns out. Yeah, they're trying to kill a guy who's operating the crane Mm -hmm. and... He releases like, the rope. <laughs> but to like, yeah, to expect that his death would lead for the, the, the car to pivot perfectly into one of the pipes. I mean, I don't want to be the C-3PO here, but no. I don't know about them odds. Stop being the C-3PO. Sorry, guys. No, I agree. I think they could have just as easily fallen off a cliff and died. <laughs> the only thing I could think is that maybe when he does he does that thing with the magnet, maybe he drops them into the pipe, assuming that the car is going to you know go into the water and they're going to die or something okay. like that. Maybe that was going to happen. But in this case, the guy got shot, and so they're kind of dangling in a weird way. And there's, a, there's a cool stunt stunt person shot when the car like gets partially released and then it's like hanging from one of its bumpers. You can see that the stunt person is like holding on to the outside of the car because there's like a hole in the roof that they've been poking yeah. out of. Yeah. And I was like, is that a dummy? And it's like, no, they're moving their feet. That's a person. No. Of course, you can't see how far they actually are off the ground. but It looks far from the angle. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it could have been a shallow area right there. Yeah. Pretty cool. But yeah, they escape down a water slide. <laughs> what was in that suitcase that he was trying to get? I don't know. I was wondering if it was all his money. <laughs> oh, I was okay. wondering if it was pictures of his robot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen this robot? What about this one? <laughs> what about this one? I don't know, but he acted like they were valuable possessions, whatever they were. Changes of socks or something. But yeah, at the bottom of this river is a man who's been waiting for them on a boat. And it's our, our friend, Six-Fingered Jack, which uh, we we heard about earlier. He's been looking for Six-Fingered Jack because... He, He's he, the best tracker. Yeah, toy. even at this point, he wants a man <laughs> to do the tracking. <laughs> it's true. Oh, thank yeah. goodness. A man finally came along. Mm. <laughs> now it won't be dangerous at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. Six finger Jack and his toaster ovens, you know, they they know how to handle stuff. But yeah, he's got he's got his own special cave. He's got three fingers on each hand. That's right. That's right. He doesn't have six on one. No. He has six fingers total. Yeah, he's yep. not yeah, no Inigo Montoya. He's not a twelve fingered man. He's yeah. a six fingered man. Not even eleven. Nope. Like the aliens from Mm-mm. Battlefield Earth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, whatever. What? <laughs> Battlefield Earth. <laughs> Those aliens have a very interesting society. Their design. That's all I'm going to say. Their culture. They love gold. <laughs> <laughs> There's no gold in this. Post-apocalyptic, uh, what was it, mini golf courses? Yeah. Yep. 
Oh my gosh, in Battlefield Earth, when they do that evil laugh with everybody for a minute. <laughs> I'm gonna say, guys, I tried watching that movie again recently. Uh-huh. Couldn't do Can't it. Can't do it. Oh, it's so dull. <laughs> well, like, it the is thing is, so dull. The whole movie is, like, filmed at a slant. Too. Yeah. There's not a single I mean, shot that's, I mean, like, wipes. it's at a slant the entire yeah. time. Yep. And there's so many wipes. Yeah. So many. <laughs> and it, which really sucks, because, like, there's actually some kind of cool-looking things in the movie. Like, a lot of the dilapidated malls and, and, and all these, you know, these these kind of post-apocalyptic-looking places. But you get it at an angle the entire time. It <laughs> so makes you, you not really want to look yeah. at it. Yeah. yeah. It's ugly. It is so ugly. Yeah. This movie's not ugly. This movie is nice. Cherry Two Thousand's got some fun things to look at. Not, t- I'm not just talking about the ladies. All right, <laughs> the two ladies. No way. There's talking more about than two. the ladies. Not just uh, Sam Treadwell. Yeah, not just Sam Treadwell. Good looking guy. Ladies, not just, sign up. Not just the the pantless cowboy. <laughs> the the tavern. Yep. I got works out. I don't speak for all women, but I think that this wasn't the most fun movie to watch. I get it. For ladies? For me. Okay. <laughs> I, I get it. Well, I feel like today was kind of a long day, and I and I kind of fell asleep a little bit, and I oh. feel bad. Oh, it's, but, it's all good. Um, Aaron's done an old crap load of things. That's tracks. one of the only times At I've least ever a handful. <laughs> fallen asleep while we were watching a movie for the podcast. <laughs> But yeah, I think that there were some, there's definitely some fun stuff that happens in it, like in other kind of cheesy, campy movies. But I I feel like, yeah, there's definitely some not so great things. Lots of eye candy maybe for the guys, not so much for the ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just saying. I don't think, if I had to say what I, I liked least about this movie, I'd have to say that the dialogue is, is just not very good. Like... I think they were aiming more for humor, humorous and like enjoyable and not, I, I don't even know what I, I want necessarily, but I didn't like the, the whole part where they're just quipping back and forth, you know, Johnson and, and Sam, just like every time she says something, he has to say something. Oh no, you didn't say we'd be hanging around here. Oh, their car's floating off the air. You shot me in the leg. Oh no. Okay. That's not what he says, but you know, it, it's <laughs> somebody thought they were funny. I feel like Melanie Griffith kind of did a good job with her delivery of the lines, even though they weren't very well written. Yeah, I think that she was kind of doing like an old timey, like Marlene Dietrich or something type thing with it. And out of the characters in the movie, she she's most believable. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you on that. They're still fragment sentences, but I think she's delivering them better, you know, yes, than yeah. some of the other characters. Like, it's believable that Sam is just this guy who just can't deal with his life and the robot's the only way out. But, like, she, but, but Melanie's character is just so, like, living, you know? Like, she's, she's <laughs> not a moment where she's not, like, considering shooting somebody with a gun or, like,. <laughs> Trying to work out three different different alternative paths to survive a scenario. Well, there, there's that whole uh, oh, uh, citizenship was given to a robot recently. Yeah, I saw that. What? Really? Did you hear about that? Some no. other country. Oh my gosh, that is like really a, strange. It's like a short circuit kind of. <laughs> yep, kind of scenario. Yeah, first it got plated in gold, <laughs> and they gave it its citizenship. <laughs> 
Oh, wow. I was going to say that Sam Sam is a weird character, and not just because he's obsessed with his, his sex robot, but, like, I think he he is supposed to be coming off as charming as hell. Oh, because, yeah. Yeah, he does this thing where he's got this little smile whenever somebody makes, you know, talks to him or makes a comment. He's, you know, he'll look super serious, and all of a sudden he'll give this little smile. I think that's supposed to, you know, it's supposed to melt your heart. Oh, Okay. Didn't work for you, though. No, not for me. Is it because he was obsessed with his sex robot? I mean, that didn't help. <laughs> You're here to hear first, folks. Well, I gotta say, playing play her voice over and over again, is, I, I don't know if it's supposed to be an endearing thing, or if that's what they were trying to go for. It makes him seem really sad and pathetic. Like, really... You need to think about the... I can understand a familiarity with something. A familiarity with, like, something that you interact with. But to play the sex part, like, in public just seems really pervy. Like, gross. Yeah. None of that stuff feels unnatural to him. So I guess he doesn't think about how it's affecting other people. I guess. Uh, yeah, okay, so... The, Maybe it's just different, the difference between the tracker life and city life. I'd, yeah. I'd, well, it's... Because, I mean, this these, this is what we're reviewing the world through, are these two different characters. Right. And they're two different, you know, lifestyles. And yeah. maybe it's just... I mean, because even at one point, uh, Melanie Griffith's character is talking to uh, uh, Six Meter Jack about, how's life in Anaheim like, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, and... And he's just like, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, I like that part because he like literally s- t- says what we saw earlier in the movie when they were at the club. Like you have to have the contracts and stuff like that. And I, I what he could have done has been like, oh, you know, the men do terrible things and the women, you know, blah, blah, blah. You wouldn't like it. Instead, he's just like, no, uh, people can't have relationships. You have to have a lawyer present to even do anything. Blah, You know, she's like. That wouldn't work for me. <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> I think I might have been asleep during that part because <laughs> I don't remember that conversation. Yeah, it was. It was right before the had the snake coming out of the toaster oven. Oh, to feed everybody, <laughs> and then her finally being like, "It's just a freaking robot, right? It's just a robot." And she walks off to yeah. go hang out with those donkeys, which is cool. And <laughs> and then the uh, Jack is like, I know exactly what you mean. You know, you're you're. I, I don't even remember. He he said like everybody who is not her is being like, I know how you feel, buddy. Like I think you guys need to stop being like that for him. I kinda, yeah, I kind of wish there'd been a little more, a little more, like, yeah, negative, negative. Uh, uh, response to his wanting this robot because i think that would have lent the movie a little bit more of like a oh, this guy's kind of weird yeah yeah I, w- I wish that and I, I get it like this is supposed to be our hero or whatever but i think it would have made the movie a lot more fun if 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 they had made that more of an implication that dude just <laughs> go find a lady <laughs> yeah. yeah i think it would be different if he just like was depressed about it 
by himself at home for a while and then picked up, you know, and then maybe made a phone call or something to see about finding a replacement. Like, or if he was, you know, just going about his life, but still just down, you know, like, but it's like the entire chain of events in this movie, his whole course is set off by his desire to take care of this and fix it permanently right now. He is unwilling to accept that his robot is gone and he just drops everything in his life and tries as hard as he can to get it fixed and like he risks you know they're in dangerous situations and stuff and i think that's just that's crazy i i think the implications to uh people you know dying for his cause uh something that he just didn't even consider that going into a dangerous place to get a replacement sex robot might be a bad idea. <laughs> Might be more difficult than he's thinking it would be. Yeah. 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 I can understand that. I guess why he would be not assume it was a terribly difficult thing. If, I mean, she doesn't make it sound like it's going to be difficult. She makes it sound like, yeah, no problem. I'll yeah, go out and do it. Yeah. But you have to back me up, right? And like, yeah, they keep ending up in situations, but but we haven't even really talked about like his ability. That that's what Aaron was hinting about earlier. Is my that, goodness, like, he's like a yuppie as far as we know, except for when it gets down to business, he's ready to tango. Yeah, like this guy just he he can kick ass. Yep, yeah, like little Rambo. I mean, su- like I think the the moment the moment that made me laugh the most was when. Uh, she handed him the submachine gun, mm-hmm. and he was able to like. Yeah, he just cocked it right there, <laughs> right away. <And> like, <laughs> yeah, like like nothing. Like he just, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> he was ready to spring into action. He had, he had uh, enough strength. He did flips. That part where he does a flip, catches a grenade, and tosses it yeah. back. I'm like, where did that come from, Ninja? <laughs> I feel like there was probably like a scene or two missing where like he where we learned that he had like military military type of background perhaps before the war or so, I don't know. Yeah, where's the extended cut where we yeah. get to learn all about Sam? Yeah. Maybe he had a woman. Well, yeah. I mean, and maybe he had a lady who died or that's why. that walked out on him oh. because later they they go to retrieve the car, you know, in the middle of the night, and uh, they they got some sort of plan where Jack and and Johnson there are up on the bridge, ready to to you know rappel down, and Sam is with the two mules doing something uh, that yeah, that's I, I I just mean we don't know what he's doing, <laughs> not doing something with the mules. The mules are just having to be there, and then somebody like hits him in the back of the head with a log. And then what I assumed was a dream sequence started, but it turned out it wasn't a dream sequence. Somebody dressed him in these weird clothes, and he was on like a beach chair, like a lounger. And some lady comes out and like, hey, Sam, it's me. You know, uh, whatever. My name, but call me Ginger now. My name is Ginger. And he's like, what is going on? You're like, did you guys think that? This was real? I thought it was pretty weird. 
but I've seen places that were that disturbing in real life. <laughs> it's Whoa. like it's like a like a pretend nice place. Like the, sometimes people have like a really terrible building or a really fake pool or really old rundown, you know, <laughs> park with toys and stuff. Like, but it's like painted colors that are supposed to be happy or whatever. It just felt like a really phony, like fake place, fake oasis in the middle yeah. of the desert. Sky Ranch. Yeah. And it was kind of disturbing. Not going to lie, I did kind of like the dome buildings, but I know mm. where you're coming from on the fakeness level. Yeah. Yeah, that was some, like, retro, like, 1940s sci-fi style going yeah. on there. You know, like, ooh, we're in the future. This is the way it's supposed to look, you know? And we're in a civilized society. Lester's coming along, and he's going to talk to you. And so we get our first real good look at Lester. Played by Tim Thomerson from the Trancers series. And I believe he played Dollman. Oh, did he play Dollman? I think so. Wow. Yeah. He's a B movie, C movie. <laughs> he's famous for stuff. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Now, this guy. First time hearing. He's charming. Oh, the bad guy? Yes. <laughs> he's supposed to be charming According to you guys <laughs> I mean he's, he's doing this like reserved like Hey everything's cool man Everything's great you know? Super fit Gilligan Yep don't want to be upset about anything Yeah everyone has a safari Or uh yeah What are, what are those called uh, Hawaiian shirts yep. and And like the white sunblock on their nose yeah. And stuff <laughs> Yeah, white pants and, and flip-flops or sandals. This this part kind of reminds me a little bit of the Fallout series, because like, this is kind of like a believable, what you would call like one of the tribes yeah. of people that are hanging out in the middle of the desert after the post-apocalypse kind of, kind of idea that, that the Fallout games try to try to add through story and whatnot. But yeah, this, this definitely feels like one of those wandering raider tribes. There you are. That's just their shtick is the... Is the Summer never ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> it's it's the town that the uh, they're like the Point Break gang. Exactly. <laughs> totally. The governor from The Walking Dead. It's like his little town. Like, oh, it's a nice little town, and we we hold everything together. Everyone's healthy. Oh, we got a fitness program and stuff like That's that. Right. And hey, we also met this other guy. What's his story? Uh, Oh, I think he lied to us. Uh, what do we do? We shoot him in the head with an arrow. But everyone was, you know, they're having a good time. Otherwise. And it seemed like at first Sam was like, I guess I'll go along with this. I, You know, I think he just felt a little outnumbered. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, that's true. I think he didn't really have much of a choice. Uh, I mean, he saw his ex-girlfriend. She told him. Yeah, see, that's why I was wondering if, like, she was the one who left or something like that. Because we don't get a backstory uh, how that, he actually knows her. But that was the other thing, too, which was kind of strange about that is you, you feel like – I feel like there's something that was cut from this movie. Maybe a conversation or something they had before she moves out there. Like, I feel I feel there were definitely some some scenes that hit the, hit the, the, the floor there and probably could help us out a little bit yeah. as far as our context goes. Flushing out a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what it comes off as is just like, this is wacky funny, and like it is, it is like appealing. I I feel like 
yeah, in a, a visual sense and like a kind of an originality thing going on. But it also, like I said, I I kept expecting them to be like, this is a dream until until they were like, oh, Lester's actually here. I was like, oh, this isn't a dream. They like knocked him out and they're trying to make him part of the gang or whatever. But uh, when it, when nighttime rolls around, Sam decides he's going to take his leave. And he goes, and he's trying to get out, and Robert Zadar is like, where do you think you're going, baby? And then he punches him in the chin, punches him in the stomach, and Robert Zadar falls down. And I'm, I was like, there's no way he, I, I know he's like a ninja master, but there's no way he could take down Robert Zadar. And then from off screen, uh, Melanie Griffith's character comes out and takes a knife out of his back. I was like, oh, okay, okay, well, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> One of the heavies. Uh, yeah, she survived. He thought she might be dead. But one of the mules is missing. The mule that had his recording. At least that's what he thinks. Now it turns out that uh, Six Finger Jack had it. And he gives it to Melanie Griffith for safekeeping. They make their escape, but they also like light cars on fire and they blow up some stuff. And Lester gets caught into the, the crossfire. He gets caught up in the crossfire. Crossfire! He also gets stung by a bunch of bees. Yep. <laughs> because reasons. Uh, because bees don't like exploding gasoline, Oh, Joel. that is news to me. Yeah. Mm. All those years of studying bees have gone to waste. It's okay. It's okay. Just hop in that tricked out re- uh, crazy colored Mustang and drive off into the desert after your sex robot, Joel. You'll uh, be fine. I was going to get into the Murphmobile that was right there from Wayne's World. You could do that too. Mm-hmm. This was what I was thinking of. It was a, a modern art installation that someone did. Uh, the artist's name was Jordan Wolfson, I think. And it's this really like uncanny valley Ooh, thing of, oh, a, yeah. of no a sexy robot without a face that he makes like dance from like a one side. It's he sees the other side and I think he can control the robot's movements, oh. but it's like really creepy. If yeah. you watch it for a while, you're like, wow, this is really creepy. Yeah, that's a. I think, yeah, it's supposed to be like a commentary, I think, on like, I mean, that's my opinion. Art is up oh. to the interpretation of everybody, but. I'm following your narrative on this, though, but I was because like, my eyes are telling me that this is kind of creepy. Yeah. Is this Ex Machina or Cherry 2001? <laughs> um, I still haven't seen Ex Machina. She's like a. Oh, that's what I'm picking. Cool. She's like an. Mass mass marketed ex machina without a face. Yep. <laughs> that just put on whatever dances. face you want. Yeah. <laughs> Your desire is her desire. I'm not good at advertising. But anyways, Lester's got a he's got it out for him now. Oh yeah. Got stung in the face a bunch of times. Tells his lady to go make some sandwiches because they're gonna go hunting. And, uh, yeah, Jack and, uh, and Johnson and Sam drive over to this old guy's place that says, last stop for uh, brothel and gas. But I don't think it's much of a brothel. There's one woman there and, and this old guy. That's the real, that's the part that was the creepiest oasis for me. The, like, creepy, 
like above ground pool and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They got a real fancy place. And they were getting chased by those other guys, right? Yeah. But first they had to eat the sandwiches. Well, they didn't. They The chase hadn't <laughs> begun yet. They, they waited till morning. They were already there. And then, yeah, I think. <laughs> but the, at this point, the, the car is broken down or something like that because then, she, yeah. Oh, yeah. Melanie has to make a, get a plane working. A plane that broke down. She she has to fix it. She's a genius. She could fix it. That's another part where she's rolling out tires. A tire rolling, like you said. And, uh, yeah. They, but the old man and the young lady are in cahoots because Lester's like, we're looking for these people. If you tell them, if you see them, tell me and we'll reward you. I got the feeling like the old guy was going to do a solid, because yeah. he probably was friends with Six-Fingered yeah. uh, Jack, uh, but it was the lady who wanted to take initiative and become probably closer to Lester, who sold them out. Yeah. That was my interpretation of the scene, when she was like, give me the phone. Yeah. And he wasn't, I mean, the old man wasn't fighting back or anything. No, like he that. wasn't fighting. He was just waiting for them. Like I said, it's a way of taking responsibility and giving it to someone else when you should own your responsibility. That's right. I'm here to talk to you about my seven-day program. It's called... Oh. Uh, stuff. I told you I'm terrible in advertising. The seven-day stuff program. <laughs> seven-day how many, stuff. How many, how many letters are in stuff? <laughs> S-T-U-F-F. It's only five, Joel. Seven to use... Some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Maybe stuffed. That's seven oh, letters. Oh, there you go. Stay stuffed. Marshmallow <laughs> Stay stuffed. That's my diet plan, and it's been working for years. Same here. Yep. Oh, she gets this plane up and running. Everybody gets in the plane. We get a plane running off there, but Jack, or, yeah, Jack gets shot. Oh. And uh, <laughs> Sam, Sam sees him get shot. And as they're flying away, that's when he leans forward and goes, Sam's dead. <laughs> just, just thought you'd like to know. Hey, I know you're doing a really complex thing right now, but hey, guess what? Your friend's dead. Yeah. And we skipped over the part where when they were first escaping that they they took a moment to uh, kind of fool around on the car when he finally because he thinks that he's lost his little his little baby CD. And so the whole trip is pointless. But, you know, that's when he decides, you know, this real woman might not be so bad. But then when he leans over, he hears the voice playing and he realizes that she ate it. That the CD is still there. Oh, wait. Yeah, it's in her pocket. Yep. Never mind. And then they're mad at each other. Like, why didn't you tell me? Like, I don't know. What What the hell is your problem? Like, it's not, it's not her fault. You got problems, dude. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I say. Yeah, at this point, we're getting towards the end here. The The plane flies right to where they wanted to go. You almost wish they had a plane at the beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get to a little a place. I think it's called Little Vegas or something Wouldn't like that. Wouldn't that have helped out? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's mostly buried in the sand, but when they get down there, it is like literally just a warehouse full of women, and and it looks like there were men too, just in plastic bags. Robots. Yep. I uh, I enjoyed the line where 
Sam was asking Megan. He was like, well, where are the dogs? Where, where's the alarms? Oh. Because, like, because she, she, you know, when she, mm-hmm. she was given the, the tough sail mm-hmm. on this adventure, she was like, yeah, man, there's going to be dogs, security alarms. We're only going to have 15 minutes. Only have 15 seconds. Or- yeah, whatever. <laughs> yep. yep. In and out. Get out before dawn. Yeah. Yep. She was full of it. Well, I found that part a little bit more sophisticated than other parts of the movie. Yep. The part where they fell through there and they were looking through the warehouse. Mm-hmm. And that one was a little bit, that part was a little bit more Blade Runner-y for me. Okay. Like from maybe the original one. Mm-hmm. But I kind of appreciated that scene. And then, of course, they find his model that he's looking for, the Cherry 2000. And he pops the CD in and he feels like everything in life is going to be perfect again. Oh, so much so that as soon as she comes out, they start making out right away. Like, dude. This robot doesn't have any feelings for you. That's her program. Yeah. Well, no, I, I mean, like, dude, get your get your thing and get the hell out of there. Yeah. It's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe he thinks that those people aren't running after him anymore, but even so, just... You could do that later. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, that's gr- at that point. I feel like it's gross. Obviously, I, like it's been gross this entire time. It's even worse now because he's like made a move on uh, the this the, uh, the Real tracker life woman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, oh no, this is the one I really wanted. So when uh, Lester and his gang show up, like uh, everyone starts attacking, and he's trying to guide. His cherry, his new, brand new Cherry Two Thousand through here, and of course she doesn't have any sort of programming for this situation, so she's you she know, was a program for combat, Joel. Right? Yeah, he's, he has to like force her to duck and stuff like that, and tell her to run. Like, and, oh, what are yeah. you doing? Ha 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 ha! You know, who yeah. are those guys? I like this better when it's on TV. <laughs> I'd rather do this after dinner or something. Yeah. <laughs> I need a vacation. Oh, wait, that was Terminator 2. Yep. So, I mean, they shoot a million other people. <laughs> yeah. Right. Quite they expertly, they, they murder more. Yeah. More. Uh, Civilians. No. <laughs> more of these. Ha- Gilligan hat wearing. Ton, ton of a gang of Hawaiian shirt guys. Yeah, wearing their Panama hats. Yep. But they're, yeah. Lord knows what makes them so angry. That they, they were just bra- they're brainwashed. They're just doing whatever Lester, what says. Lester says. Yep. Yep. Lester is the master. He's brought them to their complete potential. Lester commands the sandwich making. He who holds the sandwiches holds the power. What did they ever do to these guys that made them so violent? <laughs> Well, and what was the line that he said, like, after they, because, like, they got all their ATV bikes out with, like, machine guns attached to them, and, like, they're all lining up, and I think Lester just goes, like, you know, everybody, just remember what's important. It's important to have fun, or Mm. was that that what he said? It's like, life's an adventure. Oh, Oh, yeah. Life's an adventure. What? Yeah, what? (laughs) I was like, okay. <laughs> that's, that's what the lesson of this whole movie is like, because this, the I find I found the score of this movie to be really weird because it was all it was orchestral. It wasn't anything digital. Like may, maybe there was some digi- digital drum going on. Digital drums when the, when you would see the car driving, right? 
they did a couple drum but things. Mostly it was like strings and horns the, and all the usual stuff. Funny you mentioned that because the the uh, the scene where the electromagnet picks up the car, mm-hmm. very interesting orchestral music yeah. going on at that <laughs> moment, and you're just kind of like. Like, is this is this what is this how well, how am I supposed to feel? A violinist raising yeah. up like yeah, like I think we're supposed Emotional? to feel like oh, this is like, a pirate ship <laughs> adventure. Uh, yeah, I don't Indiana know. Jones, <laughs> sex <was> robot, <laughs> blow up everything. <laughs> yeah, they were trying to elevate it in that moment. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the sex robot Holy Grail. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much the movie, man. Yeah. So they get out, they get into the plane, they're trying to take off, and it is too heavy. They cannot get out of there with all the weight in that plane. And so uh, Johnson says, okay, just roll up by the trash pile over here. By, by the way, Sam is piloting the plane for some reason. What's also his last skill. name? Who? Sam? Treadwell? Treadwell, yeah. Like Timothy? Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, so he's like, no, no, we'll figure out a way. And so she jumps out and they start lifting up and just like a certain moment from the movie Inside Out, he's like, we did it. We did it. We're flying. Yeah. Oh, oh, he turns around. And it's just the Cherry 2000. And he goes, I love you. I know. Oh. Yep. I love you. You know, Hollow. Yeah, she, she's left for dead. Moment. And that's when it should have ended. Like the plane flying <laughs> off. <laughs> Flying off towards the sunset with her left for dead and him with a sex robot. Like, that would have been. I feel that if this movie had come out a decade earlier. Yes, that's exactly how it would have ended. Yeah. Yeah, Early 70s, late 60s. The Harlan Ellison ending that you expected. (laughs) (laughs) No. Or with her, like. Yeah, with them flying back and then it shows her again and boom. Hey. You see her get shot and it freeze frames. Oh. Perfect, yeah. perfect. But no, no, we had more stuntmen than he'd be paid, Joel. No, absolutely. This movie needed to go on. Yeah. Well, I think the most important thing is that we've seen Lester get, like, Lester gets thrown through, like, uh, a skylight at one point. Yeah, he, he does. He he takes a <laughs> lick and he keeps on ticking. Yep. You know? And he's he wants to, you know, he wants blood. He's not going to leave without it. No, and sir. His, his lady's waiting for him with all her sandwiches and wondering what the hell to do. And, uh... Was she a robot, too? No. No, she was acting like one, though. She was just brainwashed. May as well have been one, yeah. Yep. And, yeah, he he decides to turn that plane around. He he rolls onto the ground, and he tells her, Honey, can you get me a Pepsi? She's like, Sure, a Pepsi. Gets out of the plane, he starts to roll off. She's like, A Pepsi? And he rolls up to rolls up to the, our tracker friend. She gets back into the plane, and they they take off. But before they can get very far, Lester uses a, a lasso, which is, means that there's two different characters in this movie that know how to use lassos. Yeah, a convenient <laughs> skill in the post-apocalypse. Yep, that's it. <laughs> two things people will learn: how to how to throw a grenade back at a person, how to lasso. So, yep. <laughs> yes. And he lassos the tire of this plane. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that was supposed to be a thrilling moment because as soon as he did that, it was like, you're not going to do anything right there. And sure enough, he ends up slamming into a statue that's nearby and hanging. And I was like, he's still alive. Nope. Somebody comes up. Oh, Lester's dead. What do we do? Like, 
You guys want sandwiches? Oh, no sandwiches for him. That's what happens. Yep. And on that joke. And, uh... I did like the part, though, when, uh... Lester's lady gave the cherry robot a sandwich. Mm -hmm. And she opened it and goes, It's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that that was pretty good. That sandwich is so pretty. It's It's pretty pretty is a response she just has to everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Are those for me? They're pretty. I really thought that was silly in the beginning. He had like some poinsettias or something. I was thinking like, does he bring the same flowers home every day? Because oh, like she just walks over and like picks up the dead ones and just tosses them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, those are the only flowers that grow in the future. Poinsettias, Cetius. Darth Poinsettias. <laughs> Darth Poinsettias. <laughs> Losing my mind. So at the end of this movie, how did you guys feel about your adventures? In the year 2017. Gotta say, it's uh, quite the adventure, man. Mm. Uh, I, I, I gotta say that the job of a tracker seems pretty rough. Pretty yeah. rough job. I mean, she didn't seem to think it was that rough, but yeah. <laughs> you no, know, I'm just, well, I mean, because we see one tracker get, you know, stabbed to the face with an arrow. Oh, yeah, I forgot that guy was, that Dorcas was a tracker. Yeah. yeah. I'm a tracker. <laughs> I'm gonna go uh, play some golf. Oh, no. Yeah. The uh, Then, of course, uh, Six-Fingered Jack gets shot in the back. Yeah. Through an oven to, mitt. Used to be Ten-Fingered Jack, so yeah. something else. That, oh, yeah. Oven, <laughs> oven mitt secret gun. Oven, oven mitt secret <laughs> gun. <laughs> yeah. The secret password was, go get the mac and cheese. Yep. Jeez. Yeah, that was like... it's a good hiding spot for a gun because it's a lot like those little soft cases that people zip up the gun inside of them yep um totally yeah i think uh i probably wouldn't want to watch this movie again all the way through if it was if it was just putting it on with some friends and like doing other stuff at the same time maybe but not with like concentration i wouldn't want to try to concentrate on it again but i do think there were some really fun moments yeah and i think melanie griffith did a pretty good job based on the premise i expected this to be way pervier than it was and uh don't get me wrong it it has its pervy moments and stuff like that but i feel like after we get out of the city and he's going on as an adventure it, it takes a more yeah and it takes a more adventurous tone and every once in a while, it's almost like a slap in the face. The movie reminds you, oh, yeah, this is about a sex robot. It's <laughs> like, no, he's going on an adventure. They're shooting guns, and they have to get away from bad guys. And like, oh, they're having conversations and stuff like that. The movie rotor is so much deeper <laughs> in dialogue in this movie. It's a weird thing to say, because I feel like, I don't know which which movie is cheaper. Um I'd I'd rather watch Rotor over this movie, but I did enjoy this movie. Like, yeah, I would watch it again, personally. I'd I'd probably watch it again. It's kind of like Romancing the Stone. I haven't seen it. I have seen it. I can agree with you. Yeah. Totally. Only if, like, they were after, like, a robot, like, trying to find (laughs) something. Catherine Hepburn needs a robot. No, it's not Catherine Hepburn, is it? (laughs) No. Catherine Hepburn is older. Yeah, she's older. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, 
Anyway, we'll just uh, we'll just brush past that. Michael Douglas needs a robot. Hey, how about that? <laughs> yeah, how about it? How, how about That's it? an idea. I don't That's know. An idea. <laughs> yep. So, like I said, next week our plan is to watch Ex Machina. That is my pick, especially since Aaron still hasn't seen it. Oh, cool! It is much better than this. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But it is another. Sorry. It's another That's role, fine. Another android-themed movie. You know, we're we're going for a Where theme there's here. Like a girl that you know might have an interest in someone. Yeah, yeah. There's a uh, you know questions on what's real, what's not real. It's it's cool. deep. We'll, we'll get into it. It's real cool. Cool. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna read the outro stuff. You guys think of a lesson that you learned from Cherry 2000. That's the model. That means, it, assuming it was made in the year 2000, that was like a 17-year-old model. Yeah, no you wonder it was those available. Old ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they don't make them like they used to. Now they make them waterproof. <laughs> I assume that's what he meant. Aaron, stop shaking your head. <laughs> <laughs> there are a nice amount of explosions in this movie, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, lots like of that. lots of action, gunplay. There's nuclear war. That's <laughs> where this movie <laughs> practically shoot yeah. the, shoot the destruction. Yeah. <laughs> okay, lessons. All right. Hey, if you have a suggestion or comment you want to make about this podcast, please send an email to please don't podcast at gmail dot com. Contact. Facebook.com slash PDSMIOS or on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Outer Space Pod. If you subscribe to us on iTunes or you just listen to us on iTunes, we'd appreciate it if you left us a star rating or a written rating. And if you have a chance, check out the other podcasts on our network. That's the Ear Trumpet Audio Network at eartrumpetaudio.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I don't know if that's said enough, but we really appreciate anyone who listens to this. And we like you. <laughs> hugs. Yeah, hugs. thanks for listening. We would go out into the desert to replace your CD chip. Listener. You mean you would take out their brain and then well, I mean, find them a new body? Well, what I'm trying to say, yeah. What I'm trying to say is that they were dying from dishwasher soap. We'd find a chassis for you. As long as you got us a Pepsi, <laughs> we'd find you a chassis. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> I'd find you a chassis. Cherry 2000. <laughs> so, did you guys learn any lessons from the movie Cherry 2000, 1987, mm-hmm. starring Melanie Griffith, who was famous for being a Tippi Hedren's uh, daughter, right? Isn't that who it was, Tippi Hedren? Or was a stepdaughter. And having a lion. Oh, yeah. Isn't that movie Roar? Uh, married to Antonio Banderas. I think they're divorced now. Mm-hmm. She wasn't married to him at the time. She was in Milk Money. You're talking about what she's famous for right now? I don't know what she's famous for right now. She's famous for being herself. I'm just trying to talk about her in general. Okay. She had a lion. <laughs> she had a lion? Lion. lion. Oh, lion. She had several lions. Yeah. Sometimes they would bite her. I mean, the lesson that still sounds true to me and probably would have co- less complicated things 
is uh, definitely um, bring your headphones <laughs> if you want to listen to your robot's voice. Your, your robot's sex voice. Yeah. What, yeah. If, what if I just want to listen to my Roomba? Hey, man, you can listen to your Roomba <laughs> if you want. <laughs> Whatever you into, You can man. leave your fears behind. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. Nice. Mm. That was my first lesson. Um, oh, you got a second lesson? Probably. All right. Probably. Um, well, let's 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 hear what Sarah do you sure. have a lesson. I'll think about it. All right. I think this is a movie that kind of uh, it's kind of pro hoarder, like hoard everything you have because it's probably going to be valuable someday or recyclable, and. You know, some things you might not be able to find in the future, and so you should hoard what you have, because you might need one of those later. Already doing it. That's a lesson. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about that. <laughs> but, it makes, but it makes sense in the context of this film. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of the lessons I come up with for the movies aren't real life lessons i want to actually like make myself do yeah yeah <laughs> sometimes they are but most of the time it's just like no in this world hoard <laughs> makes sense makes that's sense. a lesson <laughs> yeah you have another one or do you want me to go go for it joel i can't think of a single one right oh, now. oh that's all right i've got two lessons my first lesson is that any movie the proportion of animals to length of movie, the, the greater amount of animals and variety, the better the movie. This movie, we had a snake, we had cats, we had oh, chickens, we had... Uh, donkeys? Boros. Yeah, the Boros. The, the we cats. had uh, bees. Oh, we had bees? Yeah. yeah. Had cat sound effects <laughs> at one point. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, when he was like slipping like twice, <laughs> yeah. there was a cat sound. For in front, some in front of the glory hole. Somebody didn't think that scene was funny enough, so they added a cat sound effect, yep. And my other lesson is that you shouldn't shame love, even if you don't understand it. It's important to understand that love is a great thing. And it's not just about where you can put your private parts. It's a feeling in your heart. <laughs> I did like the part where he was trying to justify to Megan, and he was just like, because she was like, kind of like shouting the noises and things that the robot was from the recording. But he was like, "Well, we talked more than just about that," or you know, he was <laughs> his justification for his sex robot. It's more than just a sex robot. Yeah, she's also a make me food robot. <laughs> she tells me trivia sometimes. Okay. All made in America. We'll see you next week, folks. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks. Thank you. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear. <laughs>